How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. I believe with every fiber of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown. This was supposed to be our final episode, uh, as we were, of course, expecting to leave the European Union tomorrow. Uh, But instead, we're all off to our ditches because we've got 93 days to go until Brexit. Um, And before that, in 43 days, we're being treated to a Christmas election, the first time since 1923. So joining me on the countdown uh, is our political correspondent for the Daily Express, Martin Brown. Hello. Hello. Are you very disappointed that we're not leaving tomorrow? Uh, Well, we've been seeing it coming for for a while now, so I kind of didn't think it was going to happen on the 31st <laughs> no. uh, but I, I did I am um, I, I wasn't expecting January the 31st so so um, yeah I'm yeah. um, kind of yes and no yes and no and of course our man in Brussels Joe Barnes Europe editor fresh from his two croissant breakfast I believe hello <laughs> yes indeed hello you've got to make the most of them Joe you won't yeah before before I get booted before I get booted out the port or... I've just had a pan of chocolat as well Martin did you just say you've enjoyed a pan of chocolat this morning pan of chocolat in uh, Westminster's finest uh, journalist cafe oh very nice is more, more importantly is the Greggs reopened yeah so this I is what I was going to say the, there was a technical problem with the Greggs yesterday Martin are you across this breaking story yeah it was um, <clears throat> it was a technical issue it's all resolved now thank Fear god not. Thank God. Um, we've got plenty to discuss, and Greg's is the least of it, so let us begin. Right, OK, so yesterday Boris got his his Christmas wish uh, as MPs voted through his proposals for a pre-Christmas election. This great country will be going to the polls on December 12th. Um, they rejected the opposition's move to hold it three days later, three days earlier, rather, which was going to be the ninth, for those who can't count, including me. Um, so... Chaps, what changed Corbyn's mind? Because on Monday we were very much not going to have an election, but then come Tuesday afternoon and Corbyn's all fired up and ready to go. I mean, what the, what what happened? <laughs> well, I think the, the Lib Dems SNP support for an election probably forced his hand a little bit. Um, I think they just thought it was gonna, inevitable it was going to get through um, in some shape or form. But, I mean, Labour were incredibly split on, on it anyway. I mean, 100 of their MPs abstained. 11 voted against, um, and I think it was about 127, something like that, were in favour of it. So, I mean, Labour are clearly not unanimously behind an election. So, um, But I I think the the cabinet anyway, or the shadow shadow cabinet, um, were were changed their minds and thought, you know, we're going to we're going to face up and um, you know try and take on take on uh, Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party. But I, I don't think the, the Lib Dems, who clearly are desperate for an election now, this is their moment, um, uh, their, their signal that they were going to back it probably forced 
Corbyn and Sanders. Yeah. Um, did you see Tony Blair last night was saying how uh, Corbyn and Joe Swinson have kind of have kind of given Boris exactly what he got, exactly what he wants? So that was generous. Everyone's in the giving Christmas spirit just that little bit earlier than, yeah. <laughs> than usual. Um, they didn't. So um, yesterday they debated. Well, they, in fact, they didn't, did they? Because the proposed amendments uh, to allow 16 and 17 year olds to vote and EU nationals to vote uh, weren't even uh, taken forward. So um, that's that. Who would, yeah, I mean, the Tories, the Tories would have pulled the bill had those gone through. Yeah. Um, they would have, they would have pulled it. So that wasn't an issue. It, that that wasn't a goer for them at all. I mean, that would be changing the whole franchise six weeks before a potential election, which, I mean, in any circumstances, is not a wise thing to do. It takes mm. a lot of organisation. You need, you know, a good six months preparation to, to start changing who can and can't vote in an election. Um, whether you, the argument of whether it should or shouldn't happen is is another matter. It is more of a logistical thing, and uh, that was the Conservatives' argument anyway that do you they think, were able to vote. So, do you think cynically, kind of lowering the age of voting and also kind of including EU nationals uh, was probably also broadening um, an electorate who, if you were being, if you were kind of generalising, were more likely to vote for a Remain party? Do you think there was any of that in it, or do you think it was literally just the paperwork? <laughs> well, there was a bit in it, but I mean. Yeah. It was, it was it was convenient for either either side really, and I, I think a sensible decision um, was taken by the deputy speaker Lindsay Hoyle not to even um, accept the amendments. So uh, they weren't even on the on the table anyway. So, but when it came to when it came to the crunch, um, yeah, it was it was more of a logistical thing it was, to try and get get all that through in um, six weeks would have been. We've got enough chaos, is it? There's enough going on without a load of 16-year-olds in the polls with their dogs and their mobile phones. It would have been a nightmare. Um, okay, so chaps, is it Boris's election to lose? You would think that with the kind of slightly shoddy... Oh dear, sorry, I've just whacked my microphone. Um, you would think maybe with the slightly shoddy state of the opposition um, and a very clear message on Brexit, that this is, is this Boris's to walk? Or do you think the country is getting tired of nine years of Tory rule? It's all a bit stale and pale in number 10. And that's not even talking about your pastries for your breakfast. Um, what do we think? Is, I mean, yeah, is, is Dominic Cummings kind of going to have many sleepless nights? Or do you think this is, you know, he's going to walk it and we're going to get a, uh, what was the word? Super majority uh, in December. Well, he's, the <clears throat> um, Tories are 11, 11 points clear in the polls. At the moment, there there has been a, a Boris bounce, as it were. I was looking at a poll of polls this morning, and um, since July, though the parties are pretty much neck and neck in. Sorry, Labour and Conservatives are pretty much neck and neck in July, June, July time, um, according to this poll of polls. And now, the Tories have a anything up to an eleven point lead. Um, so you could put that down to a, a change in change in leader. Um, but is it Boris's? To lose, I uh, I just think the nature of the political makeup now is is just so um, fragmented that literally anything could happen. I mean, we could be looking at a scenario where either one of Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn goes um, at the end of you know after the election. You know, if, if it's a Labour defeat, I can't see any any way uh, Jeremy Corbyn's going to stay on. And if, if the Conservatives lose. Um, and are ousted from power after, as you say, after nine years, then I can't see any um, any future really as for Boris Johnson as leader. Um, it, it's kind of like a, a prox- proxy referendum, basically, this election. So it's going to, 
whatever anyone says that it's going to be about the NHS, it's going to be about crime, it's going to be about social care, it's going to be a kind of a proxy referendum um, where Brexit, as always, is the kind of the, the big looming figure over everything. And <clears throat> it will be interesting, the wild cards of the Brexit party, um, how how they play on the, the, the kind of lead side of lead side of things. That was going to be my question, Joe. Do you think this is an election that's going to be fought on the battleground of Brexit alone? Or do you, like, last time we kind of, on Theresa May called her election in 2017, we thought that was going to be a Brexit election, but it became about, like, social care and all manner of other things. Like, is there any chance that the NHS, education, crime, anything else could start dominating public public opinion and concern between now and December 12th? What's your ex? No, it's not going to be solely on Brexit, but this election is where Brexit is either won or lost. Because if we carry on, say, referring to another kind of pollster today, John Curtis was on LBC, I believe, and he predicted a hung parliament. If we get to the end of this election and we're still in a hung parliament, Boris Johnson or whoever the leader is might not have a majority to either revoke Article 50 if they want to be a Remainer, to push through the Brexit deal or leave without a deal. So what is really important for Brexit and being the Brexit, the final countdown podcast, um, we need to it needs to deliver some sort of result that enables something to happen, or else this deadlock's just going to go on and on and on. Um, as for the like, kind of crime and other things, I think Boris Johnson genuinely wants to fight on things other than Brexit, because what we're going to see, if it becomes a Brexit-only re- uh, election, so a proxy referendum, we're going to see the vote split into three main camps. It's the people that don't really care, Remainers, and then leaders, and then the leaders are going to be split between likely the Tories and the Brexit party, then Remainers will be fought over by the Lib Dems and Labour. So that, again, probably makes it more likely that a hung parliament's going to kind of manifest because it's still kind of, to our knowledge, 52 48%. Um, I wonder if you've seen um, the think tank Onward have done, like kind of released a report today um, about what they think, the kind of, what they, who they think are going to, who is the voter that's going to kind of decide this decision? And they've identified him as Workington Man, uh, likely to be an older white man, uh, doesn't have a degree and has lived in his home for over 10 years, favours security over freedom, thinks the economy and national culture is moving away from his v- views, and they voted leave in the in the referendum of 2016. Um, and that's kind of where, that, that, that's where the battleground for this election lies. It's not uh, the metropolitan centres of like the big cities. Um, that's kind of who they've identified as like the the, the, sw- the target swing voter. Um, so I wonder who do you think Chaps has got a better chance of appealing and wooing Mr. Workington? Is it old Etonian Boris Johnson or cuddly geography, well, not so cuddly geography teacher Jeremy Corbyn, or of course, Joe Swinson with her obnoxiously rude t-shirts? Well, that's an interesting one. I mean, they're, they're, that was, that was a fascinating um, piece that they did yesterday, um, and it was kind of pitched as rugby league towns, you know, Workington, Castleford, um, Halifax, places like that. Um, but I would argue it's also rugby union towns like Cheltenham is going to be a significant battleground. That's the Tory Lib Dem split, and the Southwest as well, um, where the Lib Dems are, are looking to do serious damage um, down that way, um, and they could they could really um, kind of hit Labour's numbers and hit Tory, Tory numbers. So there's, there's battlegrounds everywhere. I mean, uh, um, in terms of, uh, there was a, a chap on the radio this morning, um, a working man, a guy from Workington, Workington man, as it were, 
And he was asked who he was going to vote for, and he said the Brexit Party. So in answer to your question, I think the Brexit Party might appeal more to um, a lot of those Workington man voters. Yeah. Well, you, you say that, but I don't know where they are. I mean, they've been kind of uncharacteristically quiet, this uncharacteristically quiet this week. Um, I don't. I mean, Richard Tice was kind of knocking about the television yesterday, but apart from that, they've been sort of weirdly silent. So I don't know if that's a sign that they've kind of run out of... Have they, are they kind of running out of steam, or do you think they've got something secreted about their person well, I, yeah i think they're i mean last week they it all went a bit strange for them because it looked like things were happening nigel farage came out and said boris johnson your your deal is a load of load of old tosh we would be better off having an extension which is kind of something you don't normally hear from nigel farage i think they've been just keeping their powder dry as it were just to see when the election was happening um, how it's all going to play out. And there's talk this morning of whether they they should be targeting seats, just target very strong leave areas rather than try and blitz the whole country with 600, 650 you know, constituencies. Um, so I think they're just keeping their powder dry at the moment. And obviously there's been talk for months and months of doing a pact with the Tories but, but this, and things like that. Yeah, both, but the pact, both sides saying no. Yeah. But, the pact has kind of been ruled out, like John Longworth saying that he thinks it's unlikely and Steve Baker sort of saying that un- until, you know, the, for- the Brexit party's insistence on, an- on a clean break Brexit just doesn't reconcile with the Tory manifesto. So it does feel like, unless they're lying, that the to- that sort of hopes of a pact are kind of are dead in a ditch, to coin a phrase. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in terms of message from each party, the Tories, they've had pretty much since Boris Johnson got in, they've, they've been making all these pre-election announcements on policing, on the NHS, social care, all those kind of things. Um, but also, half of their pitches get Brexit done, whereas Labour, they're going to be, as Joe mentioned, that they're going to try and divert it away from Brexit. And they're appealing for an end to the 10 years of so-called austerity. And the Lib Dems are going to be totally... Lib Dems and Brexit Party are completely on opposite sides of the spectrum. One want to cancel Brexit, one want a clean break Brexit. So um, there's just so many battlefields going on. It all points again to what um, Joe was saying, John Curtis's poll of a, of a hung parliament again. I've, I've never seen parliament so uh, fragmented as it is now, um, and hence why we've got this election, a much-needed election. But um, if you throw all the cards up in the air, the chances are they're going to, going to end up in pretty much the same same position as they were mm. just you've, with we, a few Brexit parties uh, thrown in maybe and may, well maybe a few Lib Demers because you know we can't kind of ignore well yeah yeah no I, I could see this, as I said this is their time they, they, they need this election now because they've got some cachet yeah they've got some cachet they've had some defectors their, their pitch is stop Brexit so they're going to hoover up a lot of people who, who want the who want to stop Brexit and don't believe that Labour are going to deliver that. Yeah. Um, much much the same as the SNP in Scotland. Um, and on the flip side, you have the Brexit Party. They want to leave now. They want to leave with a clean break and they're going to hoover up a few a few votes that the Tories, that they believe that the Tories won't deliver on that. Mm. I, I, and Parliament um... won't deliver on that. I mean, because something that we obviously all love about an election is that we get to do these TV debates, but 
um, obviously all the kind of, you know, all the bids have come in from ITV, Sky and the Beeb. And um, it seems that Corbyn and Johnson are so keen to face off mano in mano that, that Joe Swinson might not be involved in every format, which seems balmy um but also would be is bad news for her right because the Lib Dems haven't probably developed no offense to any of the one the one Lib Dem probably listening to our podcast but I don't feel like we know kind of what a Lib Dem platform is besides the beta Brexit platform um and so I feel like if she doesn't get a chance to 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 talk about kind of the broader Lib Dem vision that's really that's not good news for them or do you think actually it doesn't matter because this is a Brexit this is a Brexit election Joe I don't know what you think what I'd be more worried about is if Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn are made to face off in a bigger group, which would then include Nigel Farage, because that's when he comes into his element. He's a brilliant public speaker. He clearly cuts through with one message. There's no kind of givering and delay with him. And he's a man that people recognise and kind of trust as such in the Brexit side. So that is that is where, that is where the Tories will start seeing people um, swaying towards the Brexit party if that face-off is allowed to happen. As for the Lib Dems, we know that they are probably having quite a bit of an internal struggle. So the Lib Dems are naturally a broad church with, say, slightly conservative-leaning and slightly left-leaning centrists. Um, but they've obviously invited a whole load of kind of rebels that have left parties from the Labour Party, from the Conservative Party. So how are they going to actually, as you say, make this manifesto with such a broad church same with the Brexit Party. They they have people from the Revolutionary Communist Party all the way through to pro-Thatcherites. So it's to, to, for them to deliver a clear message that's other than deliver Brexit or deliver a cream vote Brexit, sorry, or deliver no Brexit, that's the only message I think they're going to be able to cut through with. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the um, team behind Boris Johnson would do everything they can not to appear on television with Nigel Farage because... Let's face it, to coin a phrase, they, both Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage are, are kind of box office, aren't they? They're, they're, they're great public performers, and um, but they're also on pretty much the same side of the argument. So I, I don't think number 10 will want um, those two, Boris Johnson, to share any kind of platform with Nigel Farage. Um, there's also the argument that the Brexit Party don't have any seats in in Parliament, so why 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 should they be involved? Um, I mean, we had this argument, I think, in 2015, um, and 2015 election, probably 2017 election as well. I was I was uh, in another country then, but um, uh, so you could argue that there's no case for Nigel Farage anyway. And I think number ten will be doing everything. CCHQ Conservative uh, headquarters will be doing everything they can to to stop that from happening. But they're, they're, they're also they see, they see as uh, a, a um, a Boris v Corbyn showdown is a, a win-win for them. I mean, um, so that's what they'll be angling for. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are both, I think you're giving a lot of uh, props over to the Brexit party, considering we haven't heard anything from them in uh, nearly 24 hours. And, you know, they've got, they haven't been perfect. You know, this is a party that exists solely to deliver Brexit. And then there was a chance to deliver it with Boris's deal. And they wanted an, uh, they wanted an extension and then an election. I mean, it seems like, the, I, I, I think the Brexit party, not without kind of, there are there are a few ways there are a few gotcha moments and a few gotcha lines that Boris or Corbyn could could jab at Farage. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're weird flip flopping last week over not supporting this deal. I, I've, I've, it just felt like it was about prolonging the Brexit Party's career rather than sort of delivering anything that they've said that they care about for a year. Um, well, no, so probably on to give them say some credit. They had a, an outstanding European election 
campaign. I, I, I do think they are, and I think we mentioned this last week, that Brexit Party are naturally now quite split between their kind of members and candle supporters and kind of MEPs who support the Brexit deal and see it as kind of a necessary evil to get Brexit across the line. Then there's others who are kind of happy to wait and bide their time and stress how poor the deal is. So they they, they, they will have they might have not been the turkey that voted for Christmas as such um, by pushing that agenda, but they de- they definitely have an argument put across because there are there are people and the deal isn't the most fantastic treaty we're ever going to see. But what Boris Johnson is doing, he might be calling it a great deal, but he's arguing let's get Brexit over the line, where. Nigel Farage is asking people to come his direction and give hard Brexiteers more power to do the no-deal Brexit. So mm. it's an argument of how, how do we see our future? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and this is an election that will certainly be deciding the country, like the political landscape and kind of cultural landscape of the UK for the next 40 years, probably, depending on what happens. Um, so this is, a, this is a big one, and I'm glad they've chosen uh, December to do it, because I feel like that's when everyone's... Uh, got the most clarity of thought uh, and it's not dark or cold or people have got other things to be doing so I'm sure turnout will be staggeringly high well not only is it going to ruin some uh, nativity plays but yeah. it's going to ruin lots of Christmas parties as well including so, uh, ours you had it, like, our Christmas party our Christmas party was on the 12th well it was they're a different kind of a, oh really yeah a party of democracy now but uh, yeah a lot of char- and all the school plays were completely right it's going to be a complete carnage so you both sound, and I know it hasn't even gone through the Lords yet, but just it sounds like you both think this is going to end with a, a hung a hung parliament. And so then what are you expecting? Do you think Boris would want to form a minority government or do you think we're going to see some weird coalition? What would you, if you were to fork well, up, we're going to have this conversation every week until December. So yeah. let's start doing it now. What do you reckon is going to happen? Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a hung parliament. I, I just think that, um, my fear is it will be it will be a hung parliament, and all the evidence at the moment is pointing to that. But strange things happen in election campaigns. You look at 2017, and Theresa May was 20 points clear up to 20 points clear beforehand, in a commanding position, and basically ran a dreadful campaign, and things ended up the way they did. So things, and and previous to that in 2015, I mean everyone thought it was going to be very close and. Um, the Conservative Party um, trounced Labour. So th- strange things can happen in, in campaigns, especially now in, in the environment we're in. You know, it's going to be six weeks. It's going to be intense. There's passions are high over Brexit and other things. And it, it just takes one or two things and momentum can go, can go either way. Um, they're all saying at the moment that they're, they're not going to get into any packs. They're not going to join allegiances with anyone if there is a hung parliament um, I think that's a discussion to, to happen at the time when it happens but um, I, I just I just think Brexit's going to loom large over it and it's going to be it's going to be um, it's going to be decided on, on that mm, I think that spells a very difficult election for the Labour Party doesn't it because it's a very muddled position on on Brexit they've got to reconcile the Labour leave votes the quinoa eating Remainers, there's a, a very clear party to vote for if you want Brexit, and there's a party that's very clear um, that they'll take your votes if you don't want Brexit. So it's so unless the message about kind of you know hopey changey, let's you know revolutionise the country and kind of all the other stuff that Labour is really strong and cuts through, this does spell something quite a tricky couple of weeks for that party. Don't you agree? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. 
Um, but, but let's face it, this, I said right at the beginning that Labour uh, were pretty split on having this election. I, I don't think the appetite was huge within the Tory party either. I mean, it, it's a necessity to, to break the deadlock in Parliament. Um, um, but I don't think, uh, you know, if they were given a clear-cut choice, I don't think they would have decided to hold an election, but they've done it to, to, to break the de- Brexit deadlock. But Labour, yeah, Labour are in a tricky position. They're, they're split internally and they're split. Um, they're they're, they're going to feel the pressure from both the SNP and the Lib Dems gaining gaining votes in particular. Um, so this, this could be, um, this could have a, pretty seismic impact on the Labour Party, I think. I was wondering if you think maybe we might get ourselves a new Labour leader uh, pretty soon after after the election, like I was thinking maybe by Christmas or certainly by the end of, uh, you know, everyone's, by the end of January. Well, unless, if he, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Jeremy Corbyn won't be leader unless he wins the election. He, you know, if, it, if it's a, even if it's a close defeat, I, I think the party will go for him. Um, I, I can't see how he carries on any any further if it's a Tory victory. And then to push you even further, who do you think might be waiting in the wings to assume his, his position? I think it might be John McDonald. I say it now. Okay, you've said it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably the front runner. Rebecca Long-Bailey. Oh, all gosh, the, no. All the usual suspects. Yeah, I just think John... Um, I, but, Emily, Emily Thornbury, you know, it's just who knows. But again, that is... the. <laughs> We've got enough to on our plates for the next few weeks to yeah. um, to, to keep us content with. There's going to be so much going on. I'm, I can't believe it, actually. Um, this last time this happened, it was 1923. Um, so I'm glad that we're, <laughs> I've been harking back to the era of Clara Bow. It's not something I thought we'd be doing. But anyway. Should we just briefly talk about the the third extension that we were granted on Monday? Just seems to have happened, doesn't it? It's almost like talking about the election was done deliberately to avoid us all really scrutinising the fact that Boris has had to, that we've had to do a another delay. What do you think? <laughs> it's great for the podcast. Yeah, we 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 just exactly that. We 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 get another another ninety days to uh, carry on talking to each other. Um, but essentially, <laughs> Brexit. Brexit has been delayed till January the 31st with a slight kind of appetite um, pushed out by the European side that if Boris Johnson can fully get that withdrawal agreement ratified in the Commons, he can leave early and that will happen on the 1st of the next month. So we can either leave on December the 1st, January the 1st or February the 1st for our next possible exit dates. Excellent. Okay. And how is the news that we, that this great country is going to the polls been received in Europe, Joe? Are they are they are they over the moon that us Brits have made are making some moves to try and fix a deadlock, or do, do they just do, do they think it spells yet more confusion on these aisles? So they're very much fearful of this deadlock continuing and the prospect of a hung parliament. But essentially, it helps. Um, so Emmanuel Macron was one of the chief blockers of a lengthy Brexit delay because he wanted pressure to be put on MPs to either back the deal or basically make their minds up to either pass the legislation or say we want to revoke Article 50 or leave without a deal, um, where he feared that this would allow kind of that deadlock to prolong. To prolong sorry. Um, but so now he, he spoke to Boris Johnson last weekend via text message 
And as we understand from what people are saying out Paris, that the Prime Minister mentioned the prospect of there being an election, and that gave Macron a ladder to climb up. Um, so they're basically kind of happy that this will spell the end of Brexit for at least five or six weeks for them, um, and they can concentrate, concentrate on fixing their own messes. Um, but they know that at the other, the other end of the rainbow, there might not be that pot of gold that is a withdrawal agreement being ratified, and they might have to come back to speak about another delay, um, potentially a no-deal Brexit, or if Lib Dems, the SNP, managed to win a stranglehold on Parliament, a revocation of Article 50, then no Brexit at all. Yeah, I mean, if I've been following what you both have been saying, we need a really decisive victory from either the... Remain party from the Remain the Remain party. So a Lib Dem clear position, a Labour clear position, or a Tory clear position. Because otherwise, we get to the end of January and there's no mandate to deliver any kind of Brexit again. So we could be looking at another extension, surely, unless we get a really decisive uh, outcome on the on the twelfth. Yeah, and even I, I mean, even if there's a say a landslide victory for for Boris Johnson, I'm not so sure. I was chatting to some of his advisors yesterday. I'm not so sure. We're going to be getting a January, a New Year's Day kind of exit. I, I, I think they're looking for early January, but um, and Joe will probably know more about this than me. But um, it could be that we exit early January, but it's not all kind of actually ratified and official till the thirty first. Um, I'd be very surprised if we leave on on January the first. Um, but I mean that that is if you get a landslide and. Then, then Parliament can just ram through the, the legislation, which is no way. The and biggest this is the deal, which has already been agreed. So yeah, the biggest hangover of the year cannot coincide with the kind of the biggest uh, crisis of headache of the year. I, I really don't think we can anyone can stomach it on the first of January. They've already ruined Christmas. They surely can't ruin New Year. Surely, I hope not. Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> I wouldn't put, put it past <laughs> this lot. No, I think the argument is. Um, I think the. The January the 31st, so that February the 1st exit date, is most realistic because what you're doing is then the European Parliament still has to ratify the deal. So even if Boris Johnson does slam all the necessary legislation through the Commons and calls an emergency sitting on Christmas Day, if that's actually possible um, to do so, the European Parliament aren't going to come back. They come back in their normal their normal January time, which I believe is the third week of January off the top of my head. Uh, to come back after their Christmas break and do their voting uh, then. So, but this can only I happen if he gets a majority. That can watch. that can only happen if he gets a majority. And he's got, you know, uh, Tory Remainers being wooed by Joe Swinson, hardliners being wooed maybe by Nigel Farage. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, um, we're no nearer to delivering Brexit after an election if no one has a majority, are we? No, and no. then. I mean, we're, exactly. there's, there's either, we're either going to leave on the 31st of January if there's a, a landslide, or I think then we're in second referendum territory next year, or there's just going to be extension after extension, or or we don't leave. You know, that's, that, that, that's the thing. We're having this, we're pressing the reset button now with an election. But it might um, be one of those... that doesn't work, then... Yeah, I feel like it might be one of those crap resets. You know when you kind of put the nib of a pen into your phone to do a reset rather than like the hard factory reset? Like this is only... A soft, a soft a so- reset. This is a soft reset. This is not like new phone from the shop to use a kind of Christmas Christmas present analogy. <laughs> I think if it was me, I would have already thrown it against the wall. 
well this is it yeah we need to, yeah we need people to actually come and vote for this thing as well i mean it's yeah i appreciate that they're trying to fix a deadlock but with this is when you know, but there's a couple of interesting bits actually during the election campaign coming up there's a nato summit at the beginning of december where um uh kind of world leaders are going to be coming to, to london i think it's being held uh, including trump um oh my trump, goodness so that could be oh, could Lord. be very interesting um, and also, Joe, you you might um, have some more insight on this. Is there there's a European summit, uh, European Council summit on the 12th and 13th of uh, December? Am I right there? Yeah, so, they, so that could be interesting. Um, new prime minister, maybe. So the dinner will go through. Um, and that's on the that's on the night of the election. So they are not going to discuss it at all while the votes are coming in. They go home. They go to bed early. But they're coming, and they 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 might discuss in the morning. Um, but it'll be very kind of casual and briefly the results of the implications of Brexit. Um, some people have said that that summit was meant to be the one where they would look at the second, the mandate for the second round of talks, the future trade talks, but that's been pretty much scrapped because they know that that will have to come probably in, in March time now, at latest. So look, EU leaders aren't going to interrupt and there's going to be no British leader there because they'll be busy trying to put a government together the next day, won't they? So... It's, I, I, that's a pretty much a write-off for Brexit. I think they, 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 they'll, they'll have their, they'll have the EU leaders, they have their advisors, kind of looking over the results. But truthfully, nothing's really going to come of it. Nothing could be said because the EU are very keen to keep a, a lengthy distance from interfering in British politics. So if if any of them start coming out and saying saying anything, they could soon get slapped on their wrist from their colleagues. Um, final thing, I just wanted to mention this uh, analysis that was put out this morning by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research uh, that has said that Boris Johnson's deal uh, amounts to a loss of £1,100 per person per year. So that's 70 billion quid a year, uh, which is roughly the size of the Welsh economy. So Boris Johnson's Brexit deal leaves a hole in the UK economy the size of Wales. Uh, economists have warned. I mean, probably not going to be put in the manifesto, is it? Uh, any uh, is that panicked anyone over at uh, Import Colours House or wherever you are today, Martin? Does anyone care about these reports anymore? I mean, we're all pursuing a deal that uh, no one seems very happy well, with. Well, I mean, there's been lots of reports over the last three years. I mean, not not so long ago, a few weeks ago, um, Mark Carney, the Bank of England governor, was saying that the deal was actually, uh, um, you know, not going to have such a big impact on the economy. In so, comparison to no deal. Uh, well, in comparison yeah. to no deal. And in <laughs> comparison to the previous situation, uh, previous um, uh, deal as well. But I, yeah, they're respected, they're non-partisan, and um, I think it's kind of factored in that whatever form Brexit takes is going to be some kind of um, hit to the economy. It's going to be a bumpy ride for a while, but the lever's argument is that the opportunities are there for massive, massive potential and growth afterwards. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm sure Labour will use it. I'm sure the Lib Dems will use it. I'm sure the SNP will use it as an argument. Um, um, and there will be many more to come as well. So, Can't wait.
Um, I'm looking forward to all the sort of naff political memes and yeah, kind of sarky posters. I mean, this is that's what's fun about elections, isn't it? It's just how, all the awful campaigning and the social media pursuit. Yeah, for you just to vote. mad, mad things happening. Yeah, mad things happening. We haven't had <laughs> enough of those. Um, goodness gracious. Okay, well, we will be repeating this conversation every week now until December because I will be asking uh, who's going to win and what we think is going to happen. Um, but it's, gr- <laughs> it's, gr- it's great to start it now. Uh, thank you for joining us, Martin and Joe. Pleasure. My pleasure. And we will reconvene next week um, when this would have passed through the Lords and we'll be, will we be in, will we be in, in the swing of the campaign? Will we all be wearing our badges and all that stuff? Next week we won't because Parliament doesn't dissolve until next Wednesday. Ah, okay. um, so the campaign won't officially kick off until after that, but okay. it's kind of, it's already... The starting gun's been fired, as it were. Yes, it? I'm so. going to wear a, a Joe Swinson wig in solidarity with her uh, for every recording that we do. As a nice visual for the listeners. Well, hopefully I'll be speaking to you from Workington at some point. Um, oh my goodness, yeah. Next six weeks, Workington. So. Yeah, lucky you. You've got some nice places to visit, actually, haven't you? Warrington, Wigan, all the W's, can't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. Hey, lovely. <laughs> Westminster. Yeah. Out of the bubble, finally, Martin. <laughs> yes. Uh, Joe, we should. I mean, now you've got a nice five weeks off now, haven't you? Just sort of do a bit more pastry munching I'm, and go I'm, to the pub. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you won't tell my bosses that. Oh, yes. I wouldn't dare. No one listens to this anyway. <laughs> um, guys, it's an honour and a privilege. Uh, looking forward to documenting this historic election with you both, um, and I'll speak to you next week. Ta-ra. Well done for making it to the end of an episode of Brexit: The Final Countdown. If you're still enjoying the countdown, you can subscribe for free. And if you're really enjoying the countdown, you can also leave us a review.